Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Let's Talk CFL Podcast. Roundtable discussion recorded live on Sunday and Wednesday nights. Visit Let's Talk CFL on Facebook for showtime. Brought to you by the Let's Talk Sports Groups on Facebook. Our partners, LostWolfOnSports.com. Stream live on BlogTalkRadio.com. Good evening, sports fans, and welcome to Let's Talk CFL podcast, episode number 373. I'm your host, Christopher Jones, and we're going to talk football. Yeah, we got the panel all in here, and um, I got something to rant about. I usually do. Uh, we have the Let's Talk CFL Facebook group, and uh, at not only Let's Talk CFL, but we got Let's Talk Calgary Stampeders, Let's Talk Riders, Let's talk lions all sorts of them when we got one for each team there's even one out there for the stupid atlanta schooners okay and uh but hey we're doing it and everything is fine and everything is is happy and uh so we try to keep this as entertaining and as engaging as everybody else Uh, hang on that didn't come out right we try to keep our group focused on football, on CFL football. We try to keep it as engaging as possible. We try to bring out as much information as we can. So there's, there's admins on this group, and more there's eight of us, actually. Um, we post everything that we can possibly find about the CFL. We don't just post things about the team that we cheer about. Although often it looks that way because those are the posts that are engaging to us. Okay. So if I, there's a BC Lions thing that comes up, like Jerron Carter being an idiot, I, and I post this, I would say something to it to in, engage the audience to get going with it. So right away I turn around and I look like a homer or I'm called, accused being a homer. I do the same thing for the Calgary Stampeders, and I do the same thing for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. But when I do it about the Stampeders, then I get called a Stampeder hater. Oh, yeah, Jones just hates the Stampeders. Well, I don't, okay? And, or it, he just hates the Bombers. Always picking on the Bombers. No, I just posted an article about the Bombers. I made a comment about my opinion, okay? You don't get to turn around and trash my BC Lions because of that, okay? You don't get to turn around and trash me. I posted something. I made a comment. That's what you do. I think we did this last week. We talked about this. And this week, I'm doing it again. Why? Because it continually comes up. Okay? So just because we post something about our team doesn't mean that that's all we post things about. That's just what you notice. Okay? It's all about you and your perception of how things are going. So if you you don't like what's going on, it's because that's what you are paying attention to. Okay? And I you know, I don't mean this in any bad way and I'm not picking on anybody in particular or anything else. I'm just saying is that okay, just because I post something about the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and or Simone Lawrence's um, suspension, and I personally don't believe Simone Lawrence should have been suspended. That was a football play, and if it was any other quarterback in the league, he would have bounced up and been in the next play. But because it was Zach Caleros, and he was had already had two 
concussions in the last 11 months. He went down for the count. He's out for the year. Okay. That's not, I'm not picking on the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. I don't get to, you don't, this isn't an invitation for Saskatchewan Rough Rider fans to personally assault me. Okay. It's not because I have an opinion about what Simone Lawrence does. I don't think it was a dirty hit. I don't think it was a late hit. Zach Caleros hook slid late. Okay. And Simone Lawrence was committed to the attack. His natural instincts was to go after the quarterback. So Zach Claris goes down. Lawrence goes down. That's his instincts. You can't change instincts in a split second. It takes time. Okay. So this whole thing about, oh, he should have pulled up or let up or whatever else. Why do you do that? Mike Riley. Did you see the defender the other day? He, the defender's coming running over to Mike Riley. He figures, okay, well, he's going to hook slide, so I'm going to let up. Well, Mike Riley doesn't hook slide. He just booked it on past him, so now the defender's playing catch-up to catch him, okay, because he let up thinking that he was going to hook slide. Well, now who looks like the fool? So if Riley did slide and everything was fine, but he doesn't, so then the other guy should have stayed at full power. Now, if he was at full power and Mike did a hook slide, he would have got nailed for roughing the passer. Okay? So it's bullshit. How can a defender play defense adequately when he doesn't know what the rules are or doesn't know how to anticipate what's going to happen? So does he know? It, it, it makes no sense to me. How are you penalizing a defenseman for doing their job? Okay, so that's my opinion, and I'm just talking about this. So now I'm going to get all sorts of hate mail from the riders because I hate the riders. I don't hate the riders. I hate the way that that happened. Okay, and we can go into a whole bloody thing, and I I don't even know. Did we even talk about this before? Did we talk about it last week or whatever else? That we actually think that the hook slide should be eliminated from football. I think we talked about this on the last, last show. Once the quarterback crosses the scrimmage line, he's a running back. He wants to go out there. He's going to get hit. He doesn't wear a full set of pads like everybody else does. Don't cross the line of scrimmage. Okay? Bonely by Mitchell doesn't cross the line of scrimmage. Very rare. And when he does, he hits the pavement as soon as anybody comes near him. Oh, my God. Whew. He got blown over by the wind. Okay? I don't blame him for that. I wouldn't want to take the hits either. Okay? Anthony Calvillo was the same thing. It was a pussy. Okay? Don't, don't respect quarterbacks who don't go out and take punishment buck pierce dave dickinson casey printers uh travis lule zach caleros i respect these quarterbacks because they put their body on the line and it costs them with a shorter career so you know and but my rant got sideways here it's not talking about football quarterbacks and everything else it's talking about fans impression about what we as admins do I don't hate the Riders. I don't hate the Bombers. I don't hate the Stampeders. Do I, I, I probably like the Lions more, but I'm a CFL fan, straight across the board. I want all teams to be successful. I want all teams to have a winning record. We know that's not possible. Um, we want every, everything to thrive. I love the league. The league is better with the teams in it. I don't want the Montreal Alouettes to fail. Don't want the Toronto Argonauts to fail. I want everything to be thriving. So how do I get called a hater all the time? Because 
You guys can't handle your emotions. Grow up already. I'm done with it. Absolutely done with it. Okay, that's my rant. I'm just kind of... Okay, so... Was this really Stefan Logan? Did he really say this? Oh, my God. No wonder he got fined. I'm surprised he didn't get suspended. I can't even say what's on what, what he said on on the air because I won't say what he just said. Oh, my good Lord. Okay. Um, wow. Like, wow. Okay, yeah. Timmy, I just white guy says it. No, 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 that's be bad. Okay, let's open up the, the mics here and talk to the panel and see what's going on here. Okay, uh, Mark, welcome to the show, my friend. How you doing? Doing well. Uh, just trying not to laugh too much on your comments on the comments I posted. Um, yeah, I don't think you want to say those ones. Doing well, though. Oh, on Stefan Logan? Yeah. Oh, my good Lord. Did he really say that? Yeah, apparently he did. What a dumb shit. It's a verified account. Oh, my good Lord. He is in both of the trouble with fined. this one. Why he got fined. Can you imagine if, if if I said this about him and, and reversed the, the, the color of the... No. I, I'd be crucified. You think? Um... I think anybody would be crucified on those ones. Who 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 is he talking to? I guess he was dealing with a troll fan. Oh, get your emotions in oh. check, brother. Even Duran doesn't go that far, but boy. Yeah, he, I'm surprised he said that's wor- only a fine. He said words you're not supposed to. I'm seriously surprised that's only a fine. Well, I don't know if you can suspend somebody for a violation of social media. <laughs> the team yeah, can. I guess not. Oh. Right? The team could. Yep. But I, I can't see why they would. Huh. Doing good otherwise. <laughs> I'm glad to hear that. Okay. Wow. <laughs> Charles, welcome to the show, brother. Hello. I'm actually surprised he doesn't get released after something like that. Holy cow. He just went off on that person. I know obviously we can't comment and say what he said, but boy, oh boy. That's pretty bad. Well, it, it mean, is very bad, but I can you why would you I, I don't understand the concept of releasing him, although I don't disagree. No, I suppose. I mean, you could Why would you, that's detrimental to the team. team. But, yeah, but they're not going to release him, I'm sure. I don't think he would, but no. I mean, no. But that's uh, he's going to get a talking to, I bet. And he should. Yeah, he can, of course he should. You know, now, I'll it, also... Put a caveat on this, too, and just say we don't know what the rest of this conversation is about. I'm not sure it really matters, but I mean... It doesn't matter. He's obviously going off on this person for a reason. I don't know what this person said, 
But, I mean, still, you're a professional. You're representing a professional football team. You can't be doing stuff like that. This is where you turn the other cheek and you just block the person. Yeah, yeah. You, you Seriously, you just get over it real fast. Yeah. Wow. I just posted part of where it's from. Okay. Uh-oh. Okay, I don't know what you want to play the rest of the season. I don't even think he said anything that bad. No. Not, not to trigger to be, that reaction. To be perfectly honest, what he's saying is kind of true, but... Okay, not, so, that, that, okay that doesn't warrant it. Okay, uh, who's playing their last game in week four? I don't know what that. That was the part I didn't that, get. That was the guy from the Alouettes. Brule, oh, that Brule, guy that was oh, yeah, yeah, he's retiring. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And they brought That's him right. back in the in, during the game. Anyhow, uh, okay, it says I don't know. Would you want to play the rest of the season when you know the team is is not making the playoffs and the team is equivalent to a garbage can? I know I wouldn't. Okay, and Stefan Logan went off on him. In uh, well, the, the the first line is "shut the fuck up, you sorry ass white boy," and then it gets worse. So, wow, and he didn't. Why did this? Ha- he did not have to go off like this. No kidding. <laughs> Stefan Logan has no fucking chill. <laughs> I love the headline. I wish I could post this in the group, but there's there's words in there that are just totally unacceptable. <laughs> yeah, no, that can't slide in there. No, you can't slide that one in. There's there's no way you can't do it. <laughs> well, you could censor it and just take the the words out, but then it really wouldn't make any sense. No, no, it wouldn't because there's too many of them. <laughs> Okay, so I have a question for you here. Uh, Todd posted a thing about, uh, uh, I think it's Jim Morris, I'm not sure, uh, Grimes Lions looking for redemption and rematch versus the Eskimos. And then Miles Tate posts this this video of, who is number seven on the Ottawa Redblacks? Was that uh, uh, Trevor Harris? That was Trevor Harris last year. Okay, and, and does he just come up and punch the cameraman? I don't know. Where did he post it? It's in Let's Talk CFL. It's about the third or fourth okay. thing down. No, maybe the eighth thing down. It's right under Jim Pop, and then there's a picture of BC Lions Aaron Grimes. Okay, there we go. And then there's this video of uh, Trevor Harris punching the camera. Anyhow, Will, welcome to the show, brother. Sorry, uh, we're off on tangents all over the place. How you doing? You know what? You know what? We're probably pretty lucky. <laughs> Stefan Logan has never listened to our podcast because we've said worse things about Montreal, okay? Oh, hell yeah. Oh, yeah. They're a tire fire of biblical proportions, just imagine, right? Just imagine what that rant would have been like, okay? Like, hmm. Wow. So I'm, I'm wondering if he just had an off day. 
somebody like shit on his cornflakes or something? I don't know. Doesn't like to hear the truth. Like, I, I'm okay him responding like that if the guy talked about his mother or his wife or his kids or something like that. But he didn't really say anything that bad and that untruthful. No. So, so that's interesting. <laughs> but it was very entertaining as far as I'm concerned with Steph Logan. I I sometimes like those words, okay? But I keep them in my head, okay? Yes, yes. I'm very careful about saying those. I even know yes, that it's an acronym. Yes, yes. So, hmm, I don't know, man. I mean, they won their first game. Steph and Logan should be happy, okay? You shouldn't have a care in the world, but I guess the guy might have pressed a button or something. So, there you go. I hate those guys that are so emotional. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, that, that's a little bit over the top. Okay, so, uh, hey, did you uh-huh. notice, uh, I'm, I'm going through the agenda here to find out what's going on. Did you notice that the NFL is now going to hold an international combine in Germany? Oh, my God. Is that ever forward thinking on the NFL's part, eh? Are they really stepping out of their, their safety zone, comfort zone, and going going off and doing something that groundbreaking that it is, that like going internationally for a combine. Nobody's ever heard of doing that before. Next, they'll be doing one in Mexico. Okay. NFL 2.0. NFL 2.0. Now, now that you've seen this video here, do you think Trevor Harris is punching the cameraman, or do you think he's just being a goof? Uh, he's just goofing off. Okay. Okay, so there was two people who were fined for social media um, faux pas. One of them was uh, Stefan Logan, and obviously we understand why. And the other was Duron Carter. And what did Duron Carter post that was so bad, guys? I haven't found anything. I'm still he, blocked. I couldn't tell you. He posted a thing that said that he should have a second account so that he could say what he wants without getting in trouble. Okay? So it says, creates a fake account well off of Twitter as Duran Carter Guys, be sure to look out for my troll account where I can say anything I want about anybody and hide like everybody else does. Go follow not Duran Carter. Someone told me he is going to be hilarious, whoever he is. And he got fined for that. Is it for that, though? Because that's only the fine announcement came out six hours ago. Okay. And he posted right after it, it looks like. I don't know. I I understand finding Stefan Logan, but I don't understand finding the majority of people that, that do things on social media because it's usually not that bad. You know, somebody comes out and criticizes a ref. Well... Maybe they need to be criticized. And I'm just going down his feed on Twitter. 
and I see absolutely nothing. There's at, the only one that even is mild. At least I will still have my crisp white smile, while yours is more, I can't believe it's not butter. Brushing is free, sir. And that's in the, it, it, it's in a response to a comment of a first-string talent that gets cut by the end of the year again. So whoa, I can't see that thought being against anything, but that's the worst I've seen on here from him. Yeah, yeah, really. I think that if the league is going to find somebody for doing something, then then they should like tell us what they did. Because okay, so the Alouettes made a statement for on Stefan Logan, and it says the Alouettes consider that the comments made by Stefan Logan are inexcusable and do not reflect the organization's values. Although he has since shown remorse and has apologized. Such things should have never been said, and there are consequences to his actions, rightfully so. The organization considers this matter closed and will make no further comments. So, the owls aren't going to penalize him in any way. So they're not. That, that, that for show then that statement. Yeah, that, yeah. That's just keeping faith. Yeah. Hamilton Tiger Cats defensive lineman David was fined for a high hit on Montreal Alouettes quarterback Vernon. Adams Jr. and Bombers Yoshi, offensive lineman Yoshi, uh, Jermarcus Hardrick, was fined for using his hands to deliver a blow to the head of Ottawa Red Blacks defensive lineman J.R. Heavy. Lions' John Carter got fined for social media violations. That's it. So the guy didn't get fined for ripping off, uh, what's his name, uh, Andrew Harris's helmet, which probably should have been, and we'll talk about that one later somewhere. Are we talking about that now? Let's talk about that now. Who noticed that when in the Bombers game, Andrew Harris had this vicious face mask where the guy literally tore his helmet right off his head, even though Andrew Harris never does his helmet up and should be fined for that. Uh, and then Andrew Harris kept running for another four or five yards, gets tackled by three other guys, isn't the play supposed to be blown dead when that happens? Or I always thought Isn't there so. supposed to be a penalty or something for Andrew Harris for participate, illegal participation or some type of penalty or something? I don't know. Yeah, Talk to me here. That in last year. Yeah. It, it, the play is supposed year. to be blown dead, and if the player continues to play, then it's a uh, uh, some type of penalty. And all you ever hear about is, Player safety, player safety. We just heard an entire offseason about it. The referee was standing right beside him. Not only did he miss the face mask, where the helmet got twisted like 45 degrees, they missed the helmet coming off. They missed him going forward. Yeah. Now, thankfully, he wasn't injured because in a pile-up like that when you're getting tackled by three guys, there's a lot of damage that can be done to your head. Yeah, he's a, yeah. He's a total idiot. 
And I'm not fully blaming the guy that did it to him either. Like you said, he never ties his helmet up properly. Well, hang on. The guy, literally, if you watch the replay, he grabbed the face mask and yanked. Oh, yeah. That wasn't just like a try to tackle, oh, I'm going to grab him and pull him down. He, he literally pulled it up in the air and flung the helmet. It would help a lot more if he would actually attach all the straps. Because what is it, two, three times a game that happens? Yeah, it's, a, it's always popping off. It's not and like I, it's I really thought there was supposed to be a rule of that. I personally, I think that if if your helmet pops off twice in one game, you should, should be removed from the game. Yep. Right. They're always talking about player safety. I mean, when I was playing lacrosse, and my equipment as a goaltender wasn't proper, I wasn't allowed to play. Okay. They they were more concerned about my safety than I was. I don't know. Charles, what do you got to say on this one? Uh, well, like Mark's saying, I mean, we heard all about player safety during the whole CBA negotiations and this and that, but uh, it's almost like they take two steps forward and take two steps back. Uh, when you got a guy running down the field who's lost his helmet and you've got fully padded guys chasing him, you got to blow that dead. And I know some people say, well, well he's, Andrew Harris was running. He was, uh, you know, you don't want to stop the play. At that point, it just becomes a safety issue. And uh, he, are they going to be happy if he gets tackled and all of a sudden gets a concussion because his unprotected head got drilled by a guy in giant linebacker and pads? So it's got to be a safety concern, and they've got to tighten up on this. We We've already seen a lot of players go down with injuries already this year. We don't need more dropping. Char- well, what's your thoughts here? To be dealt with. Hello. What do I think? You know what? If you want to make players safe, this is what you have to do. You leave the referees on the field. And then you get 24 side referees who are each assigned to one player, and that's all they do is concentrate on that one player. Okay? Well, you shouldn't have to do that. We'll that's what the everything. eye in the sky we'll is everything. looking at I mean, at the play, right? Yeah, the eye, I mean, in, they the, look... the eye in the sky sucks. Okay? Because there was also another. I understand another it incident. sucks, but it's supposed to be there for this purpose. They should have there stopped another... blowing the play. Yeah, but there was another incident in the Calgary-Saskatchewan game where Ed Ganey ran over uh, Calgary's running back from behind and nothing was called. And it was after the whistle. Was that the one on the sidelines? Yeah. Because he also horse-collared him, too. Yeah. It was ridiculous. But, like I said, referees are part of the game, so you know what? Yeah, it, this play should have been blown dead, but it wasn't. Mm-hmm. They made him missed another call, so hey. But where was the eye in the sky once again? Yeah. I mean, what's the purpose of it? Why do we have it if it doesn't do any good? Right. Right? Because I, I remember going back to the Lions game in Edmonton a few weeks ago. Uh, a couple of the 
what I thought were fairly blatant roughing the passer calls against Mike Riley, and Devon Claybrook said to use both his challenges to get penalties called. Shouldn't yeah. the eye in the sky have the ability to call that? So the um, so the players or so the teams don't have to waste their challenges. Well, don't you think that the referee should do his job? Well, that's the other thing. When the referee's standing right there and they don't call it. Are they still using the extra referee in the backfield just to watch for that? Yes. They did that. Oi. Okay, i got to go upstairs for a couple minutes. Can you take over here, Charles? All righty. Sorry, guys. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the eye in the sky, I mean, I was always uh, thought that um, they were supposed to be um, able to call penalties, blatant penalties, that the referees missed. I kind of thought that was the whole point of it. And that I don't understand because I haven't really seen them do that. No, but they sure take an awful long time to decide who um, was offside or in legal procedure. They seem yeah, to take a minute. No kidding. Yeah, they There's seem to take a, a minute or two minutes to figure that out. But yeah. then headshots on quarterbacks are missed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're, they're sitting there talking about offside for five minutes going back and forth. What the hell's taking so long? <clears throat> That's the only thing that scares me about giving them all the power to call those kind of penalties. Mm-hmm. Because the games may end up four hours long. Yeah. There's got to be a, a healthy limit there. Well, do you got any uh, thoughts on that? Nah, you know what? I... I... I prefer not to talk about the referees because it's not working. But if you want to talk equal, every team has to deal with it. So, you know, and I, I don't know how to solve the problem. Get better referees. Train them differently at what to look for. Um, add some referees. I don't know. Train them full time. But, but I, but I, but I thought that's what the eye in the sky was for. I don't know. Maybe they're watching a different football game. I don't know. I don't know. It seems weird to me. But, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. All right. Anything else before we go on to our game previews? No, let's do the game. No, I'm good. All right. Well, then let's start off uh, tomorrow night, 24 hours from now. I'll be... Sitting in probably a, a less comfortable chair than I'm sitting in right now uh, at BC Play Stadium and watching the Lions and the Eskimos in the uh, first game of the week. I hate Thursday night games. I'm going to suffer for it on uh, on Friday because I'm not probably going to get home till midnight and got to get up for work the next day. But hey, it's the sacrifices we make for our teams. So the Lions played the Eskimos and hosting the Eskimos at BC Place last night. Eskimos won the first one a few weeks ago. I just referenced the game, and they are going back at it again tomorrow night, this time at BC Place. Lions typically do play better at home, 
than they do on the road. They've been like that for a while. I'm not sure why. I think most pro- teams probably do play better when they're in their home stadium as opposed to the uh, road stadium. So let's, um, I guess we'll kick this off with Mark, the guy that says BC sucks at the end of any no. show. It's actually and Charles. What's that? Charles has to start. What? Oh, because you got him in. I didn't know you were back. I, I, I get him in order. Oh, I got it. I got you. Okay, well, then I guess <laughs> I'm starting, so I'll start. Okay, so the Lions, hmm, they're coming off their first win of the season. Now, normally that would be a, a boost for a team. I don't know how much of a bounce they get out of the win that they got last week because it was really weird uh, with the whole rouge and the misfield goal and this and that. But um, I guess it's still a win is a win, and, hey, at least they know what it feels like to win a game now. So that's a good thing. Um, the Eskimos are going to have Devarius Daniels uh, making his debut with the Eskimos. We'll see how much he's got left in the tank. Uh, Trevor Harris. Um, hot and cold we see him. He was pretty good in the first few days. He actually was good in the game they lost. Even in the game against Winnipeg, he played pretty pretty well. Um, it's going to be important to, I think, for the Lions, they got to stop C.J. Gable because C.J. Gable uh, really opens up the passing plays for Trevor Harris. And on the flip side, they've got to establish more of a running game. They've got to continue what they did last week with the running game with, um, oh, shoot, why am I drawing a blank? Um, help me out. Lions running back this year. Anyone? Dad, <laughs> I'm thinking. We're all driving, drawing a blank. Oh, good. This is great radio. Um, oh, I, my I'm God. Why can I can't I... come up with his name. Oh, is that John oh. White. Thank you, John White, because that's John a hard White. name to remember. Okay, so they've got to continue to establish that running game, much like they did last week. Um, if they don't, uh, if they don't, uh, it's going to be a big problem. You, it's no, uh, I don't think it's a coincidence that they had their best running game of the season last week and they ended up winning. That should tell you something. When you but have it was a Toronto. Balance t- Pardon? But it was Toronto. It was Toronto, but still, they they have their best running game of the season. They have a 100-yard rusher, and they win the game. So they, when you have a balanced attack, that makes it difficult for players to play against you, and I think that or defenses to play against you, and I think that showed last week. Uh, the important thing here is that they've got to establish the run early, and um, this is what they didn't do against the Eskimos two weeks ago, and they, by the time they fell behind, they couldn't run because they kept trying to throw the ball, and as we said before, when you're only passing the ball and you're not running, it makes it a whole lot easier to play against. Uh, I think the Lions are motivated to win this game when you got guys like Aaron Grimes. Of course, you got Mike Riley. You've got Ed Hervey, not that he's playing, but he's a GM. They don't want to lose to these guys again, and they don't want to lose two in a row at home, and the Lions typically don't lose two in a row at home. So I am surprised, surprised picking the Lions in this one. I think it's going to be a close game. I think it could be somewhat high scoring. Uh, I'm going to pick the Lions to win this one 35-32. 35-32. Okay. Uh, next up is Will. i got to turn his mic back on because he's making lots of noise. Will! 
How come I always get blamed for the noise when all I'm doing is sitting in my backyard enjoying nature? Can you explain that to me? Well, because when I when I mute your mic, the noise goes away. Okay, is it my fault that airplanes fly over my house? Airplanes fly over my house all the time. Anyway, no, it's not your fault. But you okay? Go inside or something. I'm I'm feeling very emotional tonight, so stop it. Anyways, um. You can pick on Todd Mogey um, later. Oh, don't you worry, buddy. Um, you know what? I don't know about this game. I Let's face it. Edmonton killed BC last time. They, they manhandled sacked, them. They sacked Riley, what, seven times or something like that, wasn't it? The I defensive it was five, line, but... eight. The defensive line, eight. BC's O-line. Um, and they beat the crap out of Mike Riley. So, right. I'm hoping these guys have some pride and they have some fight back. You know what fight back is, right? So, I am going to pick the BC Lions 28, the Edmonton Eskimos 21. 28-21. Okay. Uh, hang on. Defense. Uh, QB sacks seven times. Yes, they sacked seven times. Ooh, that's not good. Mark. BC, and Edmonton. Edmonton and BC, BC and Edmonton. Where is this game being played? They actually BC. sacked them nine, nine or ten times. Because of the unnecessary roughness penalties play. But that doesn't count. I know. But well, it, not it when you're cheating. When getting, it counts when Riley's getting hit down at the ground like that ten times. Um, yes. I'm surprised Charles didn't mention one guy that is going to help BC a lot when it comes to getting some emotion back and stuff after their win last week. Is Brian Burnham is back. Yes. That's huge. Because, yes, Edmonton has that monster defensive line. But their D-backs are still fairly suspect considering what Winnipeg did to them with the long balls. We all know Nichols isn't the greatest at the long ball, and even he was getting them against them. So if the O-line can keep them upright, it could make for an interesting game. I don't know... I've been tossing this one around a lot, but I think I am going to go with Edmonton here on this one. I'm going to say Edmonton 27, BC 23. 27-23. We don't have a score from Phil yet, although he, I know he's online, so he may or may not be listening to the show. So type up some numbers, Phil, if you can hear this. Uh, I'm picking the BC Lions because I have to. And uh, I'm going to pick them. Um, I'm going to reverse Will's score. I'm going to go 28-21 for BC. Okay. Let's, no, let's isn't see what that happens. Will pick? Christopher, Christopher, I picked oh, BC. You, oh, oh, you did pick BC. Okay, so I can't pick your score then. That would be bad. No. Okay. Yes. Uh, although I do like it. Uh, okay, I'm going to take 28-24. Twenty-eight, twenty-four for BC. 
I know you couldn't pick Edmonton if your you, you, you life depended on it. I understand that, Will. Okay, the next game up. This is going to be one of the toughest ones to pick this, this season. Okay, it's the Toronto Argonauts going into IGF in to play the Bombers in Winnipeg. Okay, so this is the closest matchup that we're going to get all season long. Uh, this is it, uh, Toronto and Winnipeg. Uh, Charles, it's a tough one. Who are you going to pick? Oh, sarcasm is a great thing. Um, <laughs> look, no one's going to – no one's going to pick this game any differently. Let's face it. BC, uh, or BC, I'm stuck in the last game. Toronto uh, is a tire fire right now. Uh, they probably gave their best performance of the year last week. They still lost. And I, I don't see them playing that way two weeks in a row. McLeod Bethel-Thompson, the law office as we call them, didn't do much to impress me. I mean, he had a decent fourth quarter for the first three to three and a half quarters. He was pretty ineffective, to be perfectly honest. Um, um, the Bombers are rolling along. They won last week. They didn't play spectacular. They didn't have to. They're not going to have to play spectacular. They're just going to have to be competent in this one. And I think Winnipeg is wholly and uh, clearly um, uh, capable of doing that. Matt Nichols is fine. Um, he got banged up last week, but um, he um, seems to be okay coming out of that. It looks like he's going to start fine. Adam Big Hill is still questionable. Uh, he has not practiced this week, but uh, Michael Shea didn't rule him out for this week. Uh, but uh, even if Big Hill doesn't play, well, they won without him last week, and quite frankly, they're good enough to beat Toronto without Adam Big Hill this week too. Um, I I can't see this one being overly close. I think the Bombers, especially with this game being in Winnipeg, uh, I see the Bombers pretty much waltzing to a win in this one. It's not going to be all that competitive. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, the Bombers winning this one, 38 to 14. 38 to 14. Wow, not much love in there for Toronto. William, come back to us here. Yes. You know what? I'm not even going to discuss this game. Here's the fact: Winnipeg is better than Toronto. Do you guys believe me? Yes. In all in all facets facets of all games. So it's gonna it's pretty simple. Winnipeg twenty eight, Toronto six. Twenty eight to six for Winnipeg. Huh. Mark. I hate when the Barbers play over shitty teams. It's just, it, it almost feels like a trap game. I think they're going to destroy them, but I hate these games. I'm going to say, oh, Streveler will probably be in halfway through the third quarter because, oh, yes, and Nichols is apparently very well. He was practicing his sliding, 
and got a standing ovation from the bomber team when he slid. So I guess he's that's doing sarcasm, right? No, it's not. They were running plays. He slid. The entire team stopped, turned around, and started applauding. Huh. They're having fun with it. He's got a pretty good sense of humor, considering his wife gave him a baseball hat for, I don't know if it was Father's Day or what it was for, and the baseball hat on it, what it says on it, is game manager. Ooh. <laughs> he wears it everywhere. He wears it everywhere. He uh, someone it. forgot to do the dishes one night. <laughs> he loves it. He's got a good sense of humor about all of it. But anyway, I'm going to say we'll make it three three games without a touchdown scored against him, 34 to 9. 34 to 9 for the Bombers. Okay, um, I, I've got a uh, – Phil is a – contacted me online here and he has got Edmonton taken on BC by the score of 30 to 24 and then he has Bombers destroying Toronto 30 to 13 uh, who am I going to pick do I pick, go out on the limb here and pick Toronto no okay so we got Winnipeg we're picking Winnipeg here is it Matt Nichols is playing, right? Yes. Okay, so we can't give him too many points then. Uh, <laughs> uh, 24 to 12. 24 to 12 Four. for the Bombers. Oh, yeah. Okay. And the next game. We're, do we find out how good Ottawa really is? Or, or do we find out how good Montreal really is? Or do we find out how neither one of them are that good? Uh, Montreal Alouettes are traveling to the nation's capital to play the Ottawa Red Blacks. Charles, who are you taking in this one? This one kind of intrigued me because... Um, Montreal actually looked pretty good last week against Hamilton, while Ottawa didn't look so good, and I'm not, I was never thrilled with Ottawa to start with, even though they won the first few games, so I find this rather uh, intriguing, because uh, I honestly think this is almost a pick em. Um, this time because um, I think both of these teams um, could win this game. I think this is a one that's really a pick 'em. I'm interested to see because I know, and uh, uh, I should leave that for later because that's one of our topics. But I was going to discuss Pip, Pipkin coming back and whether he'll start or whether it'll be Vernon Adams. I actually haven't heard. Um, but I thought Vernon Adams looked all right last week. I thought the Montreal defense looked really good last week against um, a Hamilton team, which is thought to be the best in the East, but they faltered. Ottawa came back down to earth after after, – Ottawa came back down to earth after some good wins in the first few weeks 
uh, Dominic Davis kind of looked more like the Dominic Davis we were expecting coming into this week. So this is a um, this is a uh, an interesting one to pick. I'm really been bouncing back and forth on this one, but I am going to pick Ottawa to win. I don't have a lot of confidence in it right now because I think um, I don't know Montreal might have a little bit of a uh, little bit of a role in them. Maybe or maybe not so much a role, but I think they could have enough confidence coming off of the big win last week to get through Ottawa this week. But I am going to pick Ottawa. I'm not a hugely confident in it. It'll all depend on how Dominic Davis backs up or comes back. Does he have a, another mediocre game like he did last week, or does he have a game like we saw in the first few weeks when he was passing for 300 yards plus? And does he keep the interceptions down, which cost him badly last week? But I'm going to pick um, Ottawa to win this in a close game. I'm going uh, Ottawa 24, Montreal 20. Okay. William, Montreal, go else. Go else. Hey, they're on a roll. They are. And I'm not going to say anything bad about Montreal because Stephen Logan might send me a message. Okay, and, and and I don't want to. I don't want my feelings to get hurt by that foul language. Okay, that's just brutal. Um, this game is it as close as we think it is? Montreal's got a good defense. Ottawa's got a good defense. I think Ottawa has the better quarterback right now, depending on who plays. But wait a minute. What does Montreal have? They have a running back by the name of what's his name? Standback. William Standback. On back, who got 200 yards last week. And as William always says, the run sets up the pass. Doesn't matter who your quarterback is. I think this is going to be a close game, and I'm going to pick my Al's 28 to 21. Okay. Uh, there are some seriously stupid people in this world. You're we, know that, we know that, CJ. I'm just reading some comments online, and I, I, I honestly cannot believe that this person did this. Okay, so um, Darcy, Darcy Berger, uh, Saskatchewan oh, Rough Riders. Uh, Saskatch- now, okay, come on. Uh, Darcy Berger, Saskatchewan Rough Rider guy. We've gone toe to toe a few times, and we've kind of got things over. Uh, everything's happy, you know. We're, we're getting along quite well. We understand each other right now. Um, so he makes a comment. We're talking about Chris Jones, the former coach and general manager and chief cook and bottle washer for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, and everybody is just like, the comments are just like a, you know, because that it, it's basically it's about the Craig Dickinson post about how he's one in three and rider fans are jumping all over this brand new head coach that didn't want the job shouldn't have taken the job shouldn't have been promoted to the job was outclassed out leagued everything else for this and they just did that because there was nobody else okay I'm not picking on craig i think he's a great guy and i just don't think he's ready for this but everybody is saying oh he's got to clean up the mess that chris jones left behind well to me chris jones didn't leave a mess behind he took a three 
and 15 team and made them respectable. Last year, what they get? 12 wins? 11 wins? I'm serious. They were what second kind of place. A, they were second they place. They were second second place with one win. They almost got first in the league. They were they were it went down to the last week. They needed help from somebody else, but that's not the point. The point is they were a dominant force in the league last year until they lost their quarterback. And most good quality teams would be very good until they lose their quarterback. Okay. So everybody's saying, well, they, they got to clean. He's got to clean up the mess that Chris Jones left. Well, I don't think Chris Jones left a mess. And uh, my comment was, I'm not sure why people keep saying Chris Jones screwed up this team. The Riders were a better team under Jones than they have been in a very long time. Were they a complete team? No, but he was not done. And rebuilding takes time. Attacking Dickinson after four, day, four games is ridiculous. Okay? There's some people that agreed with me. And then Darcy part, pokes up and he says, Chris Jones, the only issue I have with Jones, other than his name, was that he didn't develop a quarterback. Okay? Well, that was a jab that he threw directly at me. Okay? Because he doesn't like Chris Jones because of his name and me being Christopher Jones. Okay, he, he just basically did that. He didn't. Okay, it was a, it was a shot, but it wasn't a mean and vicious one. Okay, and so I responded to Darcy and I says, first off, you're a jerk, and put a smiley face beside it. And second off, then I went in and discussed the the backup QB scenario in Saskatchewan. Okay. Okay, and then and then we go back and forth a couple of times, and then. Somebody pokes up and says, you know the rules of this group, in this group. There's no name calling. And I'm going, are you serious? You're coming down on me because I called Darcy a jerk with a happy face beside it? Uh, it just, it, it, absolutely, absolutely stupid people. I, I, I have no response to this. <sighs> Sorry, I got sidetracked. Mark, Al's. Red Blacks. This could be an interesting game. I don't know if it'll be an exciting game, but it should be interesting. They both have good running games. Uh, they both have, I guess, young quarterbacks. Even though Vernon Adams has been around for a little while now, uh, I still been tossing it around. I'm going to go with Montreal. What the hell? I'm going to follow Will. I'm going to say 21. What did you say, Will? What was your score? 28-21. 28-21. Okay, I'm going to go 21-16, Montreal. Okay. Phil, uh, when you get around to it, give me the uh, your score for the uh, Montreal-Ottawa game. Uh, I'm going to – He already did, Christopher. Did he? he already okay, did. I'm 30, sorry. I'm, yeah, I'm somewhere else. 30-26, Ottawa. 30, he's got something about 30s this week. Is 30 everything? Winning team is 30 across the board. 30 to 26, Ottawa. Okay, so we got two for Montreal and two for Ottawa. Who's going to break this one? I am. Uh, I'm going to pick Ottawa on this one, but uh, I like Charles' score. Uh, 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 uh. I'm going to go 27 22. Really unusual score. Oh, my God, that's an ugly picture. Okay. <laughs> Last game. 
Calgary into Hamilton. Ooh, what's going to happen here? Best team in the East. It's the East. One of the best teams in the West. One of. Uh, Calgary, Hamilton. Charles, what's going on? This is another tough one to call. Uh, because Hamilton, I think, wants to have a bounce-back game after their loss last week to Montreal. But then, can I really pick Calgary to lose to a team that lost to Montreal? So, this is really uh, this is really a, a tough one. Um, i got to say, what's-his-face, Arbuckle played well last week. Um, he's been, he played well two weeks in a row, even though the first week was just a short appearance, but... He looked good last week, but he was playing against Saskatchewan, another team I'm not sold on. So there's uh, that. Hamilton has to bounce back this week. Uh, Everyone expected them to beat, or sorry, mostly everyone expected them to beat Montreal, and they didn't. So I think they want to come out and have a good effort, especially being back at home. But Calgary, um, like Will always says, next man up. They went in and to Saskatchewan, traditionally a fairly tough place to play, and they actually handled the Rough Riders relatively easily. So do they bounce back um, with another road win? I somehow think they do because I still, even without Bo Levi Mitchell, even with a lot of the changes, I still think Calgary is a better team than Hamilton. And that's not really trying to be an insult to Hamilton, but when you're the, always, as I think about it, when you're the Grey Cup champions, you've got to be uh, considered a good team until somebody shows you they're not. And they're 2-1 and one already. And um, they won an impressive game on the road a week after making an impressive comeback. So I think they're going to ride that wave and ride that momentum. And I think we're going to see a decent game again from our buckle. And I think the Stampeders are going to win again. I think it will be close. I think that Jeremiah Mazzoli and crew have the ability to keep it close. But I um, am going to pick Calgary to win this one 28-26. It'll be a close one, but I think Calgary outlasts them in the end. Okay. William. Your Stampeders. Yep. Yep, my Stampeders. They're playing the... Um, they're playing the... The, the, the runner-up in the last year's Grey Cup. Yet. This is a Grey yes. Cup rematch. No, it's not. Hamilton wasn't in the Grey Cup last year. Ottawa was. Oh, sorry, sorry, Correct. sorry, sorry. I, I, I mixed. <laughs> I, I, I was, was back I was on the Montreal-Ottawa game. Me and, me and Charles were there, man. We were there. So we remember yep. Right, Charles? Charles and I. We were. Charles and I. No, no, I'm I'm talking like other people on football teams. What, like Stefan Logan? I didn't say that because I don't want him to send me hate mail because I'm emotional. Um, (laughs) uh, This is a, you know, you know I'm going to pick Calgary. Um, They, you know, what's his name? Breskison might be back because he's been practicing this week. I know uh, Smith is out. 
Trey Roberson may not be making the trip because his wife is on the cusp of having their second child. And what kind of an excuse and, is that? Well, it's the new world, Christopher. I don't agree with it. It's the new world. Okay. Dave Jesus. Dickinson. Dave Dickinson. I think his wife's name is Amanda. Dave Dickinson did say in his interview yesterday, Amanda, could you hurry up <laughs> or hold off? Take your pick. Because once he flies to Hamilton, it's pretty, it's pretty hard to come back fast, right? Yeah. So yep. but there is the possibility they haven't guaranteed it, but we shall see. Um, I hope he plays because uh, he's obviously the Stampeders' best defensive back this year. Has five interceptions already. Player of the week. Hoo-ah. Uh, Who's that? Simone Lawrence? Inter- no, uh, Trey Roberson. Um, okay. And uh, another interesting thing, you know, it's amazing what happens in football in a season. You, I, you've heard me mention Colton Hunchuk on the podcast, my buddy's son, who didn't make the Stampeders, and then after Breskison got hurt, they brought him back, and he is going to play this week as well. And he was also taking snaps as the third quarterback this week because they don't have a third quarterback, and they're in negotiations with people to become a third quarterback, but... Colton Hunchuk, who who went to Dave Dickinson's passing academy when he was 10 years old, is going to be the third-string quarterback if it has to happen. So that's quite a storyline. Anyways, um, I the, the other the other story here is Garrett Davis, who played for Calgary last year. They didn't sign him this year because they wouldn't give him enough money. I think he's going to be out for bear, but I also think – the Stampeders offensive line is going to be out for Jared Davis. So it should be an interesting matchup. So I'm going to pick Anybody there? There's Will. Will? Of 
What, you can hear me, Christopher? Oh, there we go. There We're we back. go. There we go. I got, We're back. I got Mark. Am I here? Yes. Yep. Okay. How about Charles? That was weird. Okay. That that was very did weird. You, okay. So, Will, did I did you hear not my get score, your score. No, I did not. 30, 32, Calgary, 18, Hamilton. Okay. So, 32, 18. I got that. Um, Phil put up 30 to and, 28 for Hamilton. Mark, what do you got? I'd sure like to know if Lawrence is playing or not. Well, of course he's playing. Is he? Oh, yeah, of course he's playing. They they haven't had his uh, his suspension hearing, and it won't be this week. Yeah, it's today. It was today and maybe tomorrow. Well, I thought it was yesterday, and, and they nope, postponed today and, it. No, nope, today and, maybe, and possibly into tomorrow. They're not oh. dragging this too long. So, you know, that would that's a huge, huge spot if he's out against Arbuckle. If he's in, that's a whole different animal coming at Arbuckle. Uh, I, I don't understand how the suspension can hold up. I mean, this was a knee-jerk reaction by Commissioner Randy Ambrosi for suspending him, and it was only to appease those whiny Saskatchewan Rough Rider fans. This was not a brutal hit. He yeah, shouldn't we'll have talk got about suspended. that next. Yeah, I know. Do we, we get to talk about that next? Yeah, I don't know. Next thing on the agenda. Oh, okay. Um, I, I see some cracks in Calgary's armor, but it, they always do the next man up, and they always come out with these wins. But I'm going to go Hamilton 28, Calgary 17. Wow. Ha. Um, I got a printout here. So last week, we all had four victories. Charles, three. Mark, three. Phil, three. And CJ had one. I need a victory here. And it's like split two and two. I can't even go off and, you know, go off the base here and go off do whatever I can. Uh I'm going to take the safe one then, and I'm going to go with Calgary. And I'm going to go high, and I'm going to go 38 to 24 for Calgary. 38 to 24. Okay, that's it. That's a wrap. We got them all. We got Phil Scores, Mark, Will, Charles, and CJs. Beautiful. Let's move on and talk some football. Simone Lawrence. Appeal is still pending. Do we think it will get reduced or will it stay the same? Well, that's a political question. Does the league, how so? Well, the league, is the league going to come up and tell the arbitrator that this needs to stick because this is, you know, we're trying to eliminate this and we need to look good, this, that, and everything else. Uh, and is there some consideration to that or do they just look at the hit? Because if they just look at the video of the hit and it and, and go by the timing of it, the split second in there, there's no way Simone Lawrence is going to get suspended. So there's no way that the 
suspension should stick at all, never mind two games. So will it be reduced? I think 100% it will be reduced because I don't think an arbitrator should give any weight at all to what the appearance the CFL needs to be. So, yeah, this, this suspension is going to be reduced to at least one game, if not removed completely, because I don't think it should have been a suspension in the first place. And it was just a knee-jerk knee reaction by the commissioner to, uh, to deal with something. I mean, seriously, it was a football play. Zach Calero slid late. That's his fault. Riders shouldn't have had him on the field. That's their fault. Uh, any other quarterback in the league would have taken that hit and bounced up and walked, played the next play. But because it's Zach Caleros and he's had too many concussions, he went down for the count note for the year. Now, I'm not with this one. I'm not. I'm not buying this one. It. I'm not. It, it doesn't matter how many uh, Girl Guide cookie boxes you've got. I'm not buying it. Mark, what do you think? Yeah, this whole thing is ridiculous. It takes three weeks to find an arbitrator. I've never heard of a suspension hearing going two days. How much can no. they be actually? How much can they actually say to each other that it's going to take two days to decide on this? It's almost like I, they're trying to drag it out as long as they possibly can. And you would think Ambrosi, if he had a brain, I'm beginning to wonder at times would want to get this swept under the rug as fast as possible. I would it'll be interesting to see. I think he should get the two games just to set the precedent. It won't happen. It's going to get reduced to one if anything. But if he only gets a fine, will there be a nuclear bomb that goes off in Saskatchewan? Oh, I think so. So, I really think they have to try to get the two games, and then if not, they have to do the one for sure. They can't just do a fine. It's just the optics of it are ridiculous. They keep talking player safety. We can go back and forth on the hit forever. So I'm not but, even going to bother Bottom with line, that, but. Mark, it doesn't matter what they keep saying about player safety. It doesn't matter. This comes down to an arbitrator and whether or not mm-hmm. he finds that this hit is justifiable to a suspension in comparison to the evidence that the, the PA has put up. Now, the PA is going to put up video evidence of hit after hit after hit after hit on quarterbacks that weren't flagged, weren't suspended, weren't fined. Oh, I know. And the, the arbitrator is going to say, well, that was worse. That was worse. Those three, four hits on Mike Riley in, in the Edmonton game were worse than this hit. So, you know, how, how does that – and they weren't flagged. They had to challenge them. No. I know, but it's sports. You never know what the hell is going to happen in sports, even with an arbitrator and everything else. It's always screwed up. I know. <laughs> so, I, I agree. Yeah, I, I do think they need to suspend him. The fine just won't work. He does need to be suspended. The arbitrator, I, I still don't get why it's taking two days to do this. Are they hoping it'll extend till Friday, too? That way he can play? Or, like, 
it just seems like they're extending it as long as they can so we can get more games in. Really, that's about it. It's just it, the delay in this is ridiculous. It shouldn't take two days. He need to set the precedent. He does need to be suspended. They have to set a precedent eventually. Then it, it has to change from five years ago or whatever. Then it needs precedent. to be on a legitimate hit. I know, but like I say, we can go back and forth on that hit like me and you used to for uh, – Loeffler and Arsenal. You can go back and forth on hits forever. You can show it. Of, of course you could. speed and everything else. So. I, I think that, that the hit that that Saskatchewan O-lineman did on, on Dom Davis on the sidelines was far worse than the Simone Lawrence hit. And he got, he got a fine. I mean, that, that was malicious out of off the play. He wasn't even part of the game, and he took out the quarterback. It was Dom Davis, wasn't it? Yeah, I believe so. Yep. Yes, it was. Right? And this old lineman throws his shoulder at the guy when he's flailing off in the sidelines? No. That should have been suspended. What you want to set you you want to set an example or a precedence on player safety? This guy should have been thrown out of the league. Mm-hmm. Oh, but he won't well that won't happen because he's a rider player. I'm tired of Ambrosi and his his favoritism to this goddamn green team. It makes me want to puke. Go ahead, whoever's next. Charles is next. Oh, you must like getting hate mail. Okay, um, it's not. There's no chance it goes to zero. None whatsoever. The screaming would be too much. And quite frankly, there was head contact on the play. And head contact, there's no such thing as accidental. Yeah, it was accidental, but you know what? It is what it is. And they're talking about player safety, and either it's not, it's going to go to one. I, it's not going to be two. I think it's going to get reduced. It's not going to zero. It's going to go to one. And I think I'm fine with that. Uh, if there's theories about protecting players, headshots, accidental or not, are going to be called. And um, do I think that Simone Lawrence had malicious intent on Zach Caleros? No, I really don't. I think uh, he had committed to the hit, and the slide was badly timed, and um, that's what it was. But uh, I just I can't see them just say, the arbitrator coming back and saying no, we're not gonna not going to we're gonna take the suspension and um, we're just gonna do a fine. Look at what happened with Jonathan Rose and how outraged people were with Jonathan Rose when he got a fine. And that was for something that happened last season. This is fresh in everyone's mind, and people are going to be pissed right off. If it's it goes the riders. And it's, that's exactly. So uh, it's not going to go to zero. It's going to go to one. I think that's fair. It's right in the middle. And uh, then we can – and I was Mark. What the hell is taking so long? What's the point? Uh, this is just, uh, I've never seen when a player has an arbitration hearing, I've never seen it take this long to get a decision. The arbitration hearing was yesterday morning. Here we are at nine o'clock at, and it was in Toronto. So it, here we are at nine o'clock at night, our time. So it's midnight in Toronto. So basically we're now at two days ago 
that this hearing was held. Why the hell are we waiting so long? Get it done. But uh, I think it ends up at one. I think it ends up at one game. Myself, and I'm personally fine with that. Okay, William. Yep. What's your take on this? You know what? I hate to say this, but I tend to agree with Christopher Jones on this thing. Um, and my my stance has softened a whole bunch since it happened, because I've seen a lot worse hits this year that there was nothing for. And uh, that sideline thing was ridiculous. And and I, I wish they would set this up. So the minute a guy does something like that, he has to have a hearing within a week. No, no, because no. Didn't... Within 24 hours. Well, sure. But, you or know, sometimes hours. they're not. Sometimes they have to travel places. So you got to give them the benefit of the doubt. But before the next set of games, okay, before the next set of games, it's that simple. I mean, didn't, and I'm not a religious guy, but didn't God create the earth in seven days? Come on. Like, what has taken three weeks? Don't tell me you can't find an arbitrator. Well, They're all I over the place. I cannot believe the league doesn't have one on on, on retainer. Uh, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. I can't believe that either. You know, and I don't th- think there's some retired that judge that ju- all he does is arbitrate CFL games. Like, why and not? I don't think the hit, was, the hit was that vicious, and I think he should be fined for head contact, and that should be it, period. So... Um, I, I just now that I think about it and I looked at it and I've watched other games, it wasn't that vicious of a hit, and I don't think there was any intent there whatsoever. So that's my take. Okay, that's it. I can't ask Phil; he's not here. Um, okay, let's move on from. Simone, I guess you guys have kind of got my impression on this subject. Eh? I've kind of expressed it a couple of times. Uh, Sean Thomas Ellington has been put on the six-game list after a low hit last week. Should the hit that injured him be made illegal? I'm dealing with this a lot at work right now. It's laziness. Okay? It, it, it's, it's simple. It's laziness. You're too lazy to do your job properly, so you take a shortcut, and it either creates more work for somebody else, it creates havoc, or somebody gets injured. Okay? This tackle was lazy. There's no two ways about it. He didn't try to tackle the guy. He didn't try to wrap him up. He threw his body at his knees to cut out his legs. Now, granted, that is a good way to stop a person from running. Use a baseball bat. Works just as well. Then you don't have to risk your body to do it. Cheap hit. No. You go after somebody's knees like that, you shouldn't be playing football. I have a problem. I, I hate this hit way worse than I hit, hate the Simone Lawrence hit. Okay? This, this was in, there was intent in this one. I, I'm not liking this one at all. Uh, William, let's start with you off the top here. What do you think? You remember you know, this hit? I, I, yeah, I remember that hit. Um, I don't think there was any intent. The only intent there was to put the guy down. 
And you see this more and more all the time because, because D-backs don't want to get run over by running backs. Um, I, I just would love to know whatever happened to you plant your face mask in the middle of the guy's chest and you wrap your arms around him and you put him on the ground. You okay. tackle him. Correct. And there's more and more of this diving for legs because you don't want to, you know, I mean, I don't care how big the running back is. I mean, Tommy Campbell's not a small guy. He's six foot two, probably 190 pounds, and he's coming full force. Why wouldn't you tackle a guy like he should properly tackle a guy? I, I, a lot of D-backs do this. I personally think it should be outlawed. I, I think uh, they should they should make the zone from the chest to the top of the knees, and that's it. And if you hit them anywhere below that, then forget about it. But I'm sure that'll never happen. So I just I think that, and I do think that was a worse hit than Spony Lawrence. I was listening yeah. to uh, David Sanchez today, and David Sanchez said he got away with a lot of those hits when he played because he's not an overly big guy. But no. he said one of the things one of the things he used to always try and do was wait till the guy turned around at least. This guy was still trying to catch the ball when he got whacked, okay? And he had no time to brace himself. He had no time to recover. And he could be out for quite some time. And it's just a, it's just a shitty hit. It really is. And, I mean, I, I think it probably wasn't a worse injury because artificial turf has improved the whole bunch. I mean, if you got this 10 years ago oh, when God. it was oh. carpet, the guy, the guy probably would have been out for life. Yeah, he'd never play again. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think they should be outlawed. I mean, you know, they talk about protecting quarterbacks all the time. What about the rest of the players? <clears throat> so, that's my take. Go ahead. Charles. Yeah, you know what? I think, personally to me, it's a uh, play that needs to be eliminated. Uh, you're going to end a guy's career by screwing up all the lig- ligaments in his in his leg. Uh, you already look at Erlington. He's out at least six weeks, maybe more with that injury. Um... I know what they're you know, guys try and go low to make a tackle, but going out and taking out somebody's knee, it's cheap. I'm sorry, it's cheap. Uh, like you said, it's lazy tackling. Wrap the guy up and bring him down. Um, you go after a guy's knee, and uh, you know what? And what that's also going to do, if you see guys going after one of your players' knees, well, there's a good possibility you get someone on your team going after the legs of somebody else, and it just goes back and forth at that point. So, I really don't. I really don't think you can. Uh, you've got to get hits like that out of the game. Uh, you, we talk about headshots, but um, you got to when you're talking about shots to the head, you also got to protect uh, lower down as well. So, uh, I don't like those hits. I think they're dangerous. I think they could cost guys a career if they're hit the right way so I really think that's something that needs to be uh, eliminated yeah 
100% agree there. Mark? You can't touch a quarterback below the knees when he's in the pocket. You can't take out an offensive lineman's knees. But running backs and receivers flying flying down the field, it's fair game. You can ruin these guys' knees, and it's all good. Jovan Johnson made a career out of these tackles. I love Jovan Johnson. I think he's a fabulous guy. But I used to just cringe every time he did it because no matter where you hit from the knee down, you've got a good shot at breaking something. Uh, the guy goes to make a cut, and, and he's got both legs planted down hard, and a 180-pound guy going full tilt dies at your kneecap? Something's good than Kyoto's. Uh, what would happen if this was in rugby? Oh, it, both teams would kick the shit out of them. It'd be exactly. a scrap. Yeah. yeah. Somebody would okay, get Okay, both teams. Mm-hmm. Why can't football players tackle with all their equipment like the guys do in rugby with no equipment except a cup? Why do they have to do these, like Will said, why can't they do bury the guy into the ground by wrapping him up, putting the head in the chest, like you're taught when you're a kid, like you're supposed and drive to the do. guy straight down. What gets a crowd going more? A knee shot, where the guy is now laying on the ground, writhing in pain, and the game has stopped, or a thunderous hit? When you see a huge hit, what happens? The crowd goes nuts. You want entertainment? entertainment you want to keep the hard hitting in there great get rid of these bullshit lazy easy ways to injure a guy and we see injuries all the time on these hits they may not be six games they may only be one game but one game this time the next time it happens maybe now he's out for two games because he's got that weakening in the legs and a lot of receivers especially in the CFL they're not big Heavy guys. They're pretty tiny. You you take out Brandon Banks like that, you're going to break him in half. It's just stupid. It needs to be outlawed. I said this last week, too, when we were doing the review of the games, that those kind of hits, you know, they're talking about the 25-yard penalties now. That's a 25-yard penalty. When you're going at somebody's knee, that's a 25-yard penalty. Yeah, I think it's it's it should be. Yeah, for sure. They've protected everybody else on the offense. How about the receivers and the running backs? Hell, you can't even make a cutback hit on the special teams play now. You have to be going the same direction. So, but taking out kneecaps is fine. It just makes no sense whatsoever. That's it. Yeah. Okay. Charles, did you go? I did, yes. Okay. Let's move on. I'm done with this shit. I don't know I don't know how we can continue talking about I 
it, it, it's it's so hypocritical what they've done with Lawrence and then what they've done with this guy. It, it's so hypocritical of the league. I cannot get over it. It's ridiculous. Edmonton Eskimos will have introduced a $22 general admission pass along with three free, let me repeat that, free admission for all youth 12 and under. Is this something that all teams should look at into try and drive up attendance? In the 70s, and we're going back a ways, they used to have the Nally section at at, uh, Empire Stadium. And if you brought in a Nally's bag, an empty Nally's potato chip bag, Nally's was a potato chip company, West Coast Potato Chip Company back then. I think they were only on the West Coast. If you brought in an empty Nally's bag, any kid under 12 got free admission to the end zone. And the end zone isn't a bunch of bleachers. It literally was the area of grass behind the end zone, and you got to play around, fuck around over there with a football and play. I don't think you could even watch the game. I went there I don't know how many times, and we just goofed off and played football. Uh, You couldn't watch the game. Um, But they made me a lifetime fan because of this. Okay. Yeah, I think this is a great idea. Any kid under the age of 12 shouldn't have to pay to go watch football. He should have to be accompanied by a paying adult. We weren't re- that wasn't a requirement for the Nally section. Uh, we just jumped on the bus together, you know, 10 years old, and all went to downtown Vancouver. To, like that would happen now, right? Um, this is brilliant. It's actually 17 it, it, and under. What? Is it 17? 17 and under until Labor oh, Day. And kids 12. under 12 get free passes for the Eskimo Kids Club. Oh. Wow. Okay, I, that, that's even more amazing, 17 and under. Thank you, Mark. That, y- y- yes. Should other teams do this? Yes. Why hasn't it been done? I don't know. It was being done at most stadiums across the league. Why did it stop? Is that what has actually caused multi-generational loss of fans in Canada? Stop. This is, you know, by the time you pay $40 for a kid's ticket, you're 40 bucks for your ticket and popcorn and a hot dog and everything else for everybody else. Parking is 25 bucks. By the time you paid a couple hundred dollars, Okay. And I'm not saying that most families can't afford a couple hundred bucks, and they probably can, but it, 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 take them to the movies. You're going to drop 50 bucks. It's way cheaper. Yep. You know? And your movie's not going to lose. So I'm just, yeah, I'm just dumbfounded why this hasn't, it, this is part of the, kids club thing that I was trying to do for the BC Lions when I was part of uh, president of the linebackers and Jamie Terrace of the line uh, BC Lions wanted absolutely no part of it and I just looked at him and I could not believe he was so archaic and dinosaur like in his his thoughts it was just completely ignorant and I, I just I just, just dumbfounded as to how backwards thinking they were I mean, we've no. got the entire upper bowl that's just sitting there. Why don't we open it up to a non-drinking section? 
and let the kids go play goof off up there. Oh, my God. I, did you see thousands of kids up there? Every football team would be given passes out. Boom, tons of them. Bring chaperones, whatever. You know, God damn. Why isn't it happening? Okay. To be fair for the Lions, they have gotten better. They, uh, they're now all kids 12 and under $10. So it is better than it used to be. Yes, and, and that's good. Mm-hmm. Okay? It's not great. It's not as good as what Edmonton just did. But, no. yeah. But it's at least closer. If a kid wears his football uniform to the football game, he should get in for free and have a section I, specifically specifically for football kids. I know the Langley Rams junior team. That's what they do. Uh, if a minor football player wears his jersey, they get into the game for free. And, and, and so it should be. Yep. I agree. Okay, Mark, what are the Bombers doing over there? Anything interesting? Uh, the the Bombers have, right now, it's $37. It gets you in, and it gets you a beer. So the beers are 8 bucks, or, well, 8 to $10. And uh, you, you get your free beer, and you wander around the concourse, or you stand in line at the Rum Hut. And it does help get people in. You, you got a lot of the guys that their girlfriends will come now because the, the ticket's cheap, so the guy, you know, the boyfriend buys it for her, and she gets her drink, and they just sit with their friends. There's a lot of people in Winnipeg who go to the games and actually don't watch the game. They're paying to get in, mm-hmm. and they sit down in the rum hut area and talk with their friends the entire game. Whatever gets you in and gets you buying concessions. And the yep. thing, and I think Will will agree with this, being he's originally from Winnipeg and grew up here, the 17 and under is brilliant because every group of 17-year-olds has an 18-year-old friend who can buy beer for all the 17-year-olds. Yep. So you're making that much more money on the beer now. You get, say, 5,000 17-year-old kids come in there with their buddies, now there's 10,000 all buying beer. At 17, I would have made sure I had a friend that was 18 years old to get me so that I can get my beers when I got to the game instead of sneaking them in like I used to. So I think it's a I don't. I, I don't think we should be promoting that. I'm not promoting anything. I'm just I, saying I, it's I, a... I, Brilliant move. <laughs> we all say that they should lower certain concession prices to sell more, so it's the same thing. <laughs> uh, no, I think it's a really good move. I hope other teams do this. Um, I know Winnipeg as well. They bring in kids from Northern Reserves as long as they have good grades, and I think it's perfect attendance at school. They get to come and they spend, usually, they spend the night. And for a lot of these kids, it's the first time they've ever been down to Winnipeg. And they're at a football game. They get to meet all the players before the game. 
They go into the dressing room, and you can see they're just having a blast. It's a great way to get the younger generation involved. We ruined the younger generation once already when we blacked out all the football games, the home games. You know, everybody says we should do that again to get the fans back. And so it's not and Jared work. said that it's the other tried. day. I just wanted to yeah. reach out and slap them. Yeah. You're not, yeah. I always – here's an easy point to that. You are not going to draw in more people when you limit people's exposure to your product. Yep. So I think this is brilliant, what Edmonton's doing. You know, and it, like, it's not like Edmonton has really bad crowds. It looks like they've got empty stadium because they have a 55,000-seat stadium. It doesn't help, and they don't cover any of it. So I think it's brilliant what they're doing. All other teams should really take a look at either what Winnipeg is doing, what Edmonton is doing, just to get people in. You may get them coming back again and again when it's free, and then, oh, no, I'm 18 now. i got to pay. But I had so much fun, and they get tickets. That's how you, you build to... a fan base. Yep. That's it. Go ahead. Okay. William. Um, you know what, the Stampeders, I mean, their, their season tickets are, to be honest with you, fairly inexpensive as it is. I, I think you can go, and I haven't bought tickets for many years, but I'm thinking you could probably get season tickets for 150 bucks, give or take. Not the greatest seats, but not bad seats. I mean, um, I, I know everybody's trying to sell concessions and stuff like that. I, I really don't, and I'm probably going to get an earful for this, I really don't like that you're allowed to drink at football games. I I don't I don't like the crowd. I don't like the nastiness that happens, because there is nastiness that happens. And people just don't know how to control themselves. I did get a, and this is leading into a story from the last Stampeder game, the BC game. I uh, invited a number of my field guys, and two in particular came along, and they drank a lot, and they were loud, and they were annoying, but that's okay. I can usually shut all that stuff out, but last week I got a phone call from the Stampeders. And I guess eight people left the game because of the two jackasses I invited. And uh, I guess there was a whole bunch of racist comments that I wouldn't hear because I don't really hear anything when I'm sitting there doing what I like to do best. And I just... I I know that we have to develop kids to to carry this on because the average fan is probably all of our age, but I personally don't like that kids are around that kind of stuff. Um, I I I grew up with that kind of stuff myself, and I I I don't know how that shaped my life, but 
I don't think it's a good thing for any kid. So that's just my take on it. And, uh, you know, that's all I got, man. Sorry. So you want to remove alcohol from the games completely? I would do that in a heartbeat. I would do that in a heartbeat. This is a huge moneymaker for a lot of stadiums. Yeah, I, I get that. I get that. I get that. Okay. Um, but how many people stay away because of that? That would be my other question. And I mean, I, you know what? I don't, I don't mind people. I don't mind people having a couple of beers on a hot night. There's no big deal. That's not a big deal for me. Never has been. Okay. Um, I have drank lots of stuff to, with the best of them. I just don't do it anymore because it's a choice. Okay. But I, I just think you would attract more people. Interesting. Isn't it? I, but what I would say about that is I honestly think, though, part of the issue is that I think that if you took beer sales away uh, from games, it could have the opposite effect. That might annoy people that they would stay away for that. So what you gain back of people coming back, you might lose an equal or not more amount. So I, I think it's kind of a catch-22. Well, well, and Charles, that goes with my, my theory, and I've mentioned this numerous times. People are stupid, okay? Because you go to a football game and you spend, what, 8 10 12 bucks on a can of beer that you can buy for $0.50 cents if you sat at home in your basement and watched it on TV. Yeah, well, I agree with that. I never buy beer at the games. I'm not paying 10 bucks a beer. I got beer at home in my fridge I can drink that didn't cost me $10. I never buy beer. I buy the drinks that you can go and refill for free. Right. That's why I tailgate. Yeah. Well, there you go. Drink before the game. Yep. I don't know. You, I just, Will, I Will just, you're not I, wrong, though. You're, you're not I've wrong. I've seen a lot of people won't come. Some. Right, and I've seen yeah. lots of lots of nastiness in my time, and it's because it's caused by it's caused by alcohol, and people can't control themselves. Yeah, and it it it, it annoys the crap out of me. So yeah, and you know what, I I understand what you're saying there because quite frankly, back in the I remember back in the '90s when the Lions were struggling and the attendance back then. When you went to the games with the people that were there, there were always fights in the stands, constantly. Not just that, you'd also have idiots jumping on the field four or five times a day. People used to get so annoyed with it. So I, I can understand that, too. So there, there is something to be said for that. It's better now. I don't remember the last time someone ran on the field, and very rarely do you see a fight in the stands anymore. But it used to be like the Wild West at BC Places at times. And I yeah, don't know no, if that was I remember the, that. I don't know if I don't know if that was the nineties in general, Charles, because McMahon Stadium was the same way, okay? Huh. It was stupid. Okay? You you could probably see five or six fights every game. Oh yeah. And it's like same in Winnipeg. It, like you know, and I don't know if maybe the average fan has got older and that why they that's why they don't do it anymore. But I just you know, I I'm I, I always I'm very mindful of people I invite to games because there are afternoon games where I invite invite people and their kids 
okay? Because I've got one guy who works for for my uh, wife, and uh, he brings his two sons along, and his one son would make all of us look stupid because he knows that much about the CFL. Like this kid, this kid spews statistics at me the entire game. And it's like, it's pretty cool. And we need guys like that. We need to encourage guys like that to come and be part of the CFL. But his parents, his parents, his parents are, his parents are quote, good Christians, good practicing Christians. And, you know, they'll never let him come to a night game or anything like that because of that reason. So, so should there, instead of, there are sections in BC place where they're called family sections and there's no alcohol allowed. Okay. Right. Yeah. There's sections like that in Calgary. Should we reverse this and only have certain smaller sections where drinking is allowed? Yeah, and I think you should put cages around those sections and lock them in at the beginning of the game and not let them out till the end. And if the game is and if the game is boring, man, there's some entertainment on the side that you can watch, okay? Kind of like a roadhouse battle, eh? Kind kind of like WWE in CFL all in one, okay? Cage fighting. Yeah. There you go. I don't know. I don't know. It's just, just that's just my opinion, guys. I know it will never happen because it's all about making money, and uh, you know, I just, I, I don't see the point of coming to a football game and getting blitzed on twelve-dollar beers. It just blows my mind. And oh yeah, Mark. By the way, I've always been tall, Mark, <laughs> so I've never had a problem getting those kind of things because all my <laughs> friends were mid. All my friends were midgets, okay? I've never I've never been I've never been ID'd in my life. Yeah. Hmm. <coughs> okay. Interesting. Okay. Let's move on from this. Uh, although I think it's a great subject and we could probably keep going for a while. But anyhow, Ryan Lankford was released by the Red Blacks after his special teams gaffe last week. Did his mistake warrant being released or is he being made a scapegoat for the team's loss? Now, this is the guy who let the ball bounce around while Medlock ran his ass down the field and need the ball out of bounds giving Winnipeg the ball on the four-yard line or something stupid like that. Am, am I correct? Yes. I think so. So they released yep. him because of this. Or they released him for other reasons, and this was the straw that broke the camel's back or whatever. We don't know what's going on. Um, It depends on how many times the coach said, pick up the fucking ball in practice. Um, And don't do that because the kicker can get the ball. And if he just absolutely is stupid, then he shouldn't be playing football. But if this was an honest mistake and this was an American mistake, because Americans make mistakes in the CFL because they don't know the rules real well, or they don't remember the rules. um, And, 
so be it. But should it cost the guy his job? That's what we're asking here. Mark, what do you think? The thing about him being American and really not knowing the rules, this is, I think, his third year now in the CFL, third or fourth. That's no excuse. No, he's not a rookie. No, No, but we've seen that before where where rookies playing their first, second, or third game do stupid shit like this. Yeah, no, he can't use that as an excuse, though. Um, And there's a reason Winnipeg released him twice. They actually brought him back because they kept trying to convert him into a receiver. Uh, he He's one of those guys that just at really inopportune times shuts his brain off completely and makes really silly, dumb mistakes, uh, whether it's taking the, you know, we're up by three points or down down by three points late in the game, and he would be the type that the ball went into the end zone, he would kneel down to now make it four points. He's like one of those. He just, he has brain cramps. So I could see this being possibly a, you know what? You're doing this stuff again. Goodbye. I wouldn't be surprised with that at all. And being a third-year guy or whatever it is, he's going to get more than the minimum. CFL, younger, faster, cheaper. With some of the contracts that have been thrown out now to some of the guys. So I really think it, I don't think it was a knee-jerk. I think it was just a, and it, it all added up. And they just decided to move on. You could say this. I'm not sure about the kicker from Toronto because he got released already too. But yeah, no. With Lankford, I think it's just uh, too many mistakes. Go ahead, Charles. I can't see a justification just solely based on that play. Um, there's got to be more behind it, I would think. If it's just based on that play, yeah, he's the returner, and he should have picked it up. But Ottawa had 11 other guys on the field that know the rules, and if they saw that he's not getting it, one of them easily could have just jumped on the ball. It's better than leaving it sitting there for the kicker to recover. But uh, I'm of the opinion that there's probably some sort of... um, secondary and other reasons. Maybe, like Mark said, this guy's had kind of a history of, um, of uh, you know, making dumb decisions, dumb plays. So I wouldn't um, – I got to think that he was relieved for more than this. This might have been the straw that broke the camel's back. If it's solely based on this, I think it's knee-jerk. Uh, I tend to doubt that that's the case. There's obviously more to the story, but I don't think, um, you know – is probably justified at that point. But not if it was only just the one play. Well, if Mark's correct, I mean, I don't know this guy from Adam, so if Mark's correct and he has the ability to have severe brain cramps at at the most inopportune moment, then, you know, why do you continue having this guy on your team? But the question would be, 
why was he on your team to start with? Yeah, this is his history. Yeah. And, and, and just because he makes one little mistake like this, you're going to toast his ass. I think this, is, this falls more on management than it does on him personally. Yep. I can see that, that too. William. You're, you're, you're big yeah, on firing I, maybe, people for incompetency. Maybe. No, I'm not. I don't fire people, Christopher. I work with them to see if they can fix it. Um, you don't hire idiots in the first place? Um, yeah, but the problem is I don't get, don't get to hire everybody. So, Sorry to hear um, that. Yeah, yeah, me too. Um but I'm very vocal when someone does hire somebody who's an idiot. Trust me. Um, it's gotten me into many, many trouble. Much, much trouble. Maybe this guy is Stefan Logan's cousin or something. Have we ever thought of that? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I, I think it was probably, it's probably a bunch of things, and this was the straw that broke the camel's back, but they don't talk about those things. You know, and I still, I still don't understand why on a special teams, if I'm a special teams coach, I've got one guy who pays attention to where the punter is at all times because they can do that, right? And I'm thinking it doesn't happen very often, so does the punter not run down the field? Because if he runs down the field, he's going to get hit by everybody just to stop something like that from happening. But that's why so we have tourist I, hits now. I know. I, I, I think it's a coaching mistake, but you can't fire all the coaches, right? can't fire the special teams coach nobody's going to do that it's a management thing sometimes they screw up and they blame somebody else so i mean you know it could be a number of things and the kicker who got who also got released for for not kicking the ball all the way down the field i wonder if that was his decision so i tend to think not but you can't fire the coaches, so you gotta you gotta appease some people somehow. And maybe they weren't satisfied with that kicker, anyways. So who knows? We'll never know the real truth. Go ahead. Okay, we're out of here. Antonio Pipkin returned to practice this week. Should he go back to starting this week, or should the Alves go back to Vernon Adams? who led the team to their first win last week. You don't lose your job to injury. But if there's somebody with a hotter hand, do you stay with it? Doesn't mean that he's lost his job. To rest one more week. Ah, I don't know. I don't think Montreal has a good quarterback to start with, so either one of them, it doesn't really matter. And if Antonio Pipkin's not quite up there yet, he's just practicing with the team, then maybe he's going to sit on the bench. I personally would go back with Vernon Adams because, hey, he won. He beat Hamilton. After the 50-something to four shellacking the week before. Ah, yeah, no, I don't know. Charles. To me, I think you just go with the hot hand, whether he's back, ready to play or not. Uh, you won last week, so don't make any changes. Go back with the team that go back with the lineup that you won with. Uh, they always say that players don't lose their job to injury. Well, that's a complete myth. Uh, 
if the team is playing well, you don't switch it. You got to, um, you, um, I think you really have to go, um, with the one that got you the win last week. I just think it, you don't mess with it. Um, Vernon Adams, was he great in the game? He wasn't spectacular, but he was steady enough to get the job done. We uh, we used the term game manager earlier when we were talking about Matt Nichols. Well, he was a game manager last week, and I think that um, it um, I think it worked out for him. So if I'm uh, if I'm Montreal, I'm I'm sticking with what worked last week. Okay, Mark. I don't think you can take Adams out right now. They tried this last year with Menzel. They brought him back in and right away and it just didn't work. You've got a hot guy going. He looked good. He got you a win and in Montreal those have been few and far between. So try to ride some momentum. Just stay with the hot hand. And I I have never agreed with if you're injured you automatically get your job back. I just, it just doesn't work. For me, anyway. Uh, that's it, though. We're running short on time. Yeah, I know. I've been kind of watching it. Okay, William. You know what? I, I think uh, Vernon, Vernon Adams has played fine. I don't think there was a a real number one and number two quarterback. I think they probably, if Pipkin had to play two games, they might have pulled him for Vernon Adams, which goes back to, say, for example, and this goes against the, the team thing, but say, for example, Nick Arbuckle wins, say Bo Levi's out for six weeks and Nick Arbuckle wins five out of six games. Yeah. How do you deal with that? How do you deal with that? Well, there's a difference. You're not paying Antonio Pipkin three-quarters of a million dollars a year to no. play football. True that, but do you turn around and just trade Bo Levi to Toronto? I would. You might. Yeah, I know you would. I know you would. But you compared Bo Levi to Matt Nichols today, so and I haven't even mentioned that tonight, so I'm not even going to bother. So, yeah, what, 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 if, what's the problem with I that? Was, Did you have a problem with that? Mo- if I, if I was an emotional beer drinker, I'd fly to Merritt and kill you. How does that sound? Anyway. I think Jared's on his way. <laughs> but yeah, so I I don't know. I, I don't think there was a, a for sure number one and number two in 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 uh, Montreal. So I think you you start uh, Adams. You, you stay with Adams without question. Okay, that's it. Uh, Let's Talk CFL podcast episode number 373 is in the books. Perfect timing, perfect agenda. Thank you very much, Charles. You did an awesome job as par usual. Uh, We got a a big, busy weekend of football coming up uh, starting Thursday night. hate Thursday night games, but uh, so be it. The Lions uh, are taking on the Eskimos at home. Okay, so 60 seconds left of the show. I'm out of here. I've been your host, Christopher Jones. Charles, say goodnight. Goodnight, folks. Enjoy the games, and we'll be talking with you about them uh, Sunday night after they're all done. Mark.
Good night, everybody. Talk to you on Sunday. Peace talks. William, wrap it up. Good night, everybody. Watch football this weekend and go out. Go out. Okay, guys, take care. It's been a pleasure.